create with France Sydney. Hello everyone and welcome to the show. This is Franz Sidney and this is Create with France. And today we have Dani Kent with us to talk to us about bulimia and how she recovered from using um, mindfulness to recover from this terrible condition that uh, makes us eat and eat and eat and then feel very guilty and then get rid of the food in an unhealthy manner. And this has been going on for many, many years. So welcome to the show, Dani. Hello. Thank you for giving me the time to join you. Yes, it's so good to see you. I don't worry too much about being perfect on video because there is a first time for everyone. And uh, we didn't come out perfect the first time we, <laughs> we did anything, did we? We walk and we fall. And so it's the same for video. I just like to talk so I can talk to a stone and talk to an empty room, make friends in there. So I'm just <laughs> talking. Nobody can stop me. But you will stop me today because I'll be asking you questions and you will be talking to me. We only have half an hour. We're going to spend the first 10 minutes talking about how this bulimia came to happen. So you were very young. You were about 14 years old. And what was going on there? So what, what were the symptoms? What was the trigger? And what was that causing in your life? And then um, after that, we'll go through how things developed. So you, you get started. I'm just watching, listen, and our audience will listen. So, so yes, as you said... Um, Things tended to materialise, I suppose, in my mid-teens, um, on and off throughout my teens into my 20s, where I would have tendencies to control food, um, whether that was to stop food completely or actually to, to almost purge and then make myself sick. But that tended that did tend to ease off, um, although I always felt like I needed to control food for some reason. So I do tend to say that I'm a recovering bulimic because I believe that there may be triggers in the future where, where I might kind of have that tendency to go again. But it really reared its head in 2017 when I lost my mum very suddenly. Um, and my need to, I suppose, control the situation um, came to then control my food so just totally took a different turn um, so after my mum passed away I gained a lot of weight um, etc and about a year later I'd become very depressed very sad gained an awful lot of weight was very unhappy and, and miserable so I decided to join one of those very um, well-known slimming clubs which um, I had dipped in and out of again all through my 20s and 30s um, but it became almost every time I did lose weight each week I would celebrate by binging and purging so I'd lost weight and I'd done really well but my way to celebrate was to eat lots of food and then I felt as you said very very guilty and would then purge um, and this went on and on and on for, for months and months, but got progressively worse. It wouldn't just be a celebration. It would be a daily thing. Or if I felt like I'd eaten too much at a meal, I would disappear and, and go off. And I'd joined the club to only lose a stone, but ended up losing almost over two stone, which I took a lot of um, satisfaction in 
but it was actually a trigger. It was like, I want to lose more, I want to lose more. Um, and this went on for at least a, a year where it was very, very controlling and everybody was complimenting me on how thin I was. And and But that was probably the worst thing to say to me, to be honest, because it just fueled the fire of like, I look really thin, so I want to stay like this or get thinner. Um, and then I had a huge huge wake-up call one moment in half term I have two young children and I was upstairs and they were downstairs and it had been the third time that I had actually gone up to make myself sick with the children in the house and I just suddenly thought what are you doing Danny how if they see you doing or hear you or just it really scared me really really scared me um and that was kind of the turning point for for me of I cannot let my children go through this or know why I'm doing it or or witness anything like that at all so yes that's when things changed and all for the good my then healing journey started shortly after that so that's that's quite an incredible story isn't it that you know we we think we have to do this, we have to join the Slimming Club. I actually remember buying a book from one of those very famous watchers groups. Yes. It was 12 pounds. I remember reading the book, reading the recipes, and I thought, wow, if I were to eat those recipes, thing, I would be gaining weight. <laughs> that was my opinion. It was just before yes. I trained as a nutritionist. I thought, how on earth? And then when I see it, I go to Tesco, you know, and you see all these um, packages, frozen food, and there are people that only eat from those and they're all from Weight Watchers or whatever. You think, how can you think that you can live on processed food or that and lose weight and be healthy? Absolutely. You know, why don't we just eat fruit, vegetables, nuts, beans, and, and people who want can have, you know, dairy or so meat in, in certain amount that's go with our gut flora because we're all different. We react differently to food and we're not listening to our body by going to this calorie counting there is a lot more than calories, isn't it? Losing weight and yeah. <laughs> that restriction, you know, the restriction is where it starts yeah. because you're stopping your body having what sometimes it needs. And food is fuel and we all need it, but we all just need it. It's just kind of having an idea of what is better fuel. Yeah. Um, but not restricting yeah. um, in any way. Because when you restrict it, your body goes, oh, that's misty, so I'm going to have to get it back. Also, I lost weight. I lost weight. Marisa Pierre, my trainer in RTT, always say, I lost weight, so I have to regain it. And it's automatic. You you get it just like yeah. like a bouncing ball, you know, <laughs> ping pong ball, yes. up and down with yo-yo dieting. And thankfully, there was this point where your conscience was loud and say, Hey, mm. what's going on here? Do you see what you're doing? And this happens in lots of other parts of our life when maybe we're smoking or we're drinking or we're doing something that we think is going to relieve the stress and the problem, but it's actually hurting us. It's so subconscious. We yeah. repeat it, we repeat it, but the, the result wasn't good and we keep repeating it and repeating it. And then yeah. finally you have this moment. I hope that this moment was incredible because you're telling me your whole life changed what did you do how did you start this healing journey thinking there were people listening who have the same problem so the first thing really for myself was actually speaking out and saying to myself but also 
getting counselling and speaking to professionals, as well as actually speaking to my husband, who had no clue whatsoever, um, and close friends. Um, so it was almost speaking out and talking about it was like, well, it's real now, Danny, and you're going to have to deal with it because people now know you can't hide it. When you're hiding it, it's easy. Um, so I started counselling um, and knew something needed to change. But a few weeks later, after this kind of light bulb moment, I went to a spiritual well-being fair, just a local little one that I'd, you know, I go to quite regularly. Um, and there was a lady there who was advertising her mindfulness classes and her business that she was about to start in my my little village. And I just knew that after speaking with her that this was something that I wanted to do. I, or I, it wasn't that I wanted, I needed to, to do um, for myself. So I started going every Saturday, which was meditation and learning mindfulness tools. Um, and with the counselling and going to these classes, meeting like-minded people, learning new tools, um, asking for recommendations of books and uh, literature and things to read and do to sort of further my healing um, through meditation, journaling, lots of different tools that I now teach. Um, I started that journey um, of, of doing this every single day, journaling and doing um, kind of what we would call high vibrational uh, tools so gratitudes and affirmations and things like that and just started to believe that um, there is always a reason for why we do these things um, and why things come to us in life but they're lessons to be learned or things to be learned from and to try and move forward and it was really just to, to move forward mindfully to be more in the moment instead of worrying about the future or actually um, stressing about things that had already happened. I'd already done these things to my body and it was time to heal because obviously from feeling very rotten and being slightly overweight, there are issues that occur when you're then underweight and when you're putting your body under stress. So I wasn't just healing my mind, I was also healing my body. Um, and that process was most definitely through mindfulness tools and and taking on this class, which I then later studied in. Um, I studied mindfulness life coaching. I went on to do tapping, um, also Reiki, which is energy healing, um, angel healing as well. Um, and then later on for yoga and, and move different movement things, just purely for my own healing journey. Um, but as I went through and did these particular things and felt so much better, um, started to get rid of the scales. Well, I got rid of the scales very, very early on, so I wasn't weighing myself. And it was more about how I felt than what looked on the scales or what size jeans I was in or anything like that. Um, and this happened quite quickly. Um, and I've been able to maintain that now for about five years um, in a, a kind of, I call it a maintenance of just my well-being um, with all of these tools. And I still, to, to date, do them every single day. 
um, or every week I have a routine and that works for me. And if I break that for some reason because of work or the children or a holiday, I really notice the difference. So my journal comes everywhere with me. It's been around the world. Um, all these different tools are things that you don't have. Obviously, a journal is a notebook and it's a physical thing, but everything else are things that you can have in your mind and just bring that out when you need it. That's wonderful. Thank you for explaining. And I think there's a lot of people who want to lose weight, but find it really difficult. And meanwhile, they don't want to hear anyone reminding them. So they're like, ah, you have to accept your body as it is. And But yes. it's a bit of a um, kind of just cover it all up. And at the end of the day, if the weight is very nice too much, it's compressing both internal organs. It might cause diabetes. Absolutely. It might cause um, problems to the joints. So when we talk about losing weight, we're not talking about looking amazing. We're talking about helping the body to work yes. appropriately. Yes. So, I mean, I was lifting quite a few boxes yesterday. Um, 10 kilos each is nothing. And I had to go really high. Eh? It was kind of like, wow, I'm glad I lift weights at home because then I, I could lift these boxes with problems. And I thought, what if I had to carry that weight the whole day? I would be so tired. Yeah. Extremely tired. And But this is what happens. If I put on more weight than my little frame can have, 10 kilos, I have to carry the weight. So my yeah. joint and my bones are not going to grow. Eh? I'm not going to be any better. They're just going to... No have to cope with it so it's going to be all this pain and so then i'm going to be more depressed and that's going to fuel oh well i don't want to do exercise because i'm so painful so it becomes a very easy it cycle cycle yeah sadness and and feeling low and so it's good to think you know who cares about what people say i want to do this for me because i like Absolutely. me i like my inner thing and i'm glad that you said journaling because I think, um, especially men, they don't think that's important, but we have to talk to ourselves and shut down the negative committee, don't we? And and just say, right, I, I value myself. Maybe I had lots of failures. Maybe I made some mistakes. But am I a creation of this amazing universe and I got this potential? And to get the best, I have to nourish myself and, and grow and learn. So education, let's put together what is the you, what is your plan? So what would you say? To a person that is, you know, um, a few stones of a weight and they've been trying all sorts of stuff, nothing works. And you say, right, this is my plan. I give you three tips to get started today. What would you suggest to them if they were right in your room? So like you said before, it is how you feel, not about the external of what other people are saying. And it's more about feeling comfortable in your own skin. And if you feel comfortable in your own skin and you're healthy then that's absolutely fine. But if there are health ailments or, uh, or things there that aren't quite right, that can be rectified by potentially losing weight, then yes, it is more about, you know, food is fuel, um, but listening to your body, this is where the mindfulness comes in of asking questions before you eat. Am I actually hungry or am I eating because I'm bored, tired, um, or just, you know, there are so many reasons that we do eat, but our body isn't hungry. 
I just want to interrupt you. That is so true. I was reading um, or watching some YouTube from one of his uh, big professors. And a lot of times when we think we are hungry, we're actually dehydrated. And so yes. he always said, have some water first. And then yes. after 10 minutes, you still feel like I'm really hungry. And it's been three hours since the last meal. Maybe you are hungry, but a lot of times it's dehydration. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it is. And these are the little things that we don't get educated on, I suppose, at school or, or anywhere until we start delving a bit deeper ourselves. So, yes, asking your, the, the question, am I actually hungry um, or is it due to other factors? And I, you know, one could be dehydration, but also how is this going to make me feel? So if you were to eat the cake, let's just, you, you know, I still I love cake. I love naughty things and I still indulge in them they're lovely but um how is it actually going to make you feel afterwards are you going to feel really guilty and so it's then a mental um uh, conversation with yourself is it going to make you feel really sluggish and tired because of the sugars that are in there that then do their thing within your body but make you feel really groggy and or is it going to actually upset your tummy? You know, there are very lots of different factors um, to, to think about. So it's almost stopping the potential effect of a binge or something worse than that thereafter, or just those feelings and emotions that we feel for eating something a bit naughty. But if you're aware of that and can have a conversation with yourself and just say, yes, but I would like the chocolate, and it's going to make me feel good, yes, but not to feel that guilt after being able to forgive yourself and move on and just think, well, yes, everyone's allowed a treat. That's fine. Um, so that those, those questions were the first questions that I would ask myself the majority of the time. And then you kind of think, well, no, actually, I'm not hungry. I don't want to actually eat that or have that alcoholic drink because of said reasons afterwards. And you start to listen and learn to your about your body and its needs and its wants. Um, and obviously, as women, we have cycles, so things do change um, where our body needs things at certain times of the month than others. And it's being able to be aware of that as well. Um, so definitely those questions. Um, journaling most definitely one of my biggest tips because like you said it's having a conversation with you yourself how am I feeling today so if you can't talk to somebody you know write it all down on that journal um, get it all out delve deep into your emotions and your feelings there's lots of ways of, of journaling and tips on how to journal in lots of um, lots and lots of places um, but journaling definitely tip number two um, and my tip number three would be um, to move your body with love. So we go to the gym. I still, I go to the gym. I'm very lucky. I have a little one outside in my garden. Um, but I always want to move my body with love. I'm not doing it because I've eaten lots of food and I need to work it off. And I'm not doing it so that I can eat lots of food afterwards because I've just worked out. I'm just moving my body with love I'm not pushing it into anything or out of anything I'm just doing it to feel good um no you know I don't have to be sweating or feel sick at the end of of that 
um, workout. It's just to actually have that euphoric feeling of my body's moved and it's happy and it's healthy. You know, that makes a lot of sense because I don't really have any particular diet and I eat what I want and I don't have any problems. And But if I start on eating a cake, I, I love chocolate, dark chocolate. Literally, I made three cakes the other day, which is the first time in a year, uh, because I had lots of eggs. <laughs> like 33 <laughs> eggs where I was donated eggs. Oh, wow. So Because we had over birthdays, four of us, in January. So let's make a cake. And I literally could not stop eating because it's so addictive, this blinking sugar, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's very addictive. Yeah, because you can't stop eating. And even me, I'm like, oh, I'm 43 kilos, you know, it's 5'1". I can easily eat what I want and it won't make any difference. But it's not It's not good because what does that do to your body? And in yeah. the end of the day, you don't need that. You really no. don't need to. And it works better if you have cake or whatever once a week. So then it's a real treat because it's different. But if I have it every day, it's not a treat. It's, no. it's every day. And it... I don't really appreciate it. Like, I love ice cream, but if I were to eat ice cream every single day, it wouldn't really be anything interesting for me. So I think a, a good strategy is also to create different type of snacks, different type of savory foods, and have them ready in the fridge. So if between the two main meals, we're a little bit, oh gosh, we're yeah. not quite We could have something that contains veggies of lean protein or a good fat, because fats... Fats help you to lose weight. They do. Proper fats. <laughs> Which you know, again. people don't realize. Yeah, <laughs> olive oil is very good. I mean, I wouldn't say lard and I'm just out of that conversation, but really educational thing. And I love your thing that you keep going on about the journaling because I think journaling is incredible. And uh, you go back and you say, oh, yeah, look at my triggers. You yeah. can even doodle in it and make yeah. little drawings and what you've done or attach something you've been to the cinema graphs and you know anything it's, it's your little haven to write what you want as long as it's offloading out of your mind basically so that your monkey mind isn't taking over you're able to process things calmly um, and everything doesn't feel quite so overwhelming because you're able to offload that at the beginning of the day preferably and then you set the you know the tone for the day hmm Yes, the tone for the day is important. And that's why I think it's important you mentioned in the very beginning that affirmations and gratitude are important. And Joe Dispenza, who is very well known for his work with a subconscious mind and for healing himself after being completely paralyzed from the neck down, he always says in the morning, you wake up and start thinking of all the problems and you bring back the emotional luggage from the day before and you start the day wrong. But if you start the day by being grateful, and think yeah. about three things you can be grateful for. Even if you're immobilized in a wheelchair and you're in a terrible situation, maybe you are morbidly obese, maybe you have something really wrong with your life, but there must be something there. Yeah. Something good about your life that you want to be grateful for. Even in fact, you are alive yeah. and you are on earth now, or you yeah. just heard a little bird, there must be something there. And if there is nothing, then you really need to seek for help because there is nothing. Then it's time to reach out and say, okay, I need help, I need somebody to talk to, and get into journaling until we can get, find that grateful thing, because it's, it's so good to rewire the brain, to see the Absolutely. good part, isn't it? Yeah, and it can be done at any age, and you know, it's a shame that it isn't part of our education, mm. um, in reference to the, the these tools, but 
yeah, I mean, I was in my late 30s and have been able to, to rewire and actually, as you say, see something beautiful in every single day, even if it's felt like a really bad one with gratitude and using affirmations to really raise my vibration so that I can see things in a new light and not quite so dark. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. There, there's so many different tools out there. I could give you loads, but those three. <laughs> yeah, I will be putting links. So you guys, if you enjoyed listening to Danny Kent, you might want to look at all her retreats and, and things. So we'll put all the links below. I don't want to just use the episode to read them aloud. The URLs are a pain, but um, it'll be so good. So you can feel free to ask Danny any questions. And um, I will be talking forever about this. Mindfulness has been introduced in some schools and has had great results. So it's not just for people who want to lose weight. Mindfulness is a way of living and of being content with what we have and looking for improvement by analyzing and balancing the needs and the wants and what is really happening. Because a lot of stuff that we think is happening is only our thoughts. It's not the reality. It's what we think it is. And it's not actually happening. So when we journal, we go back and say, oh, yeah, that's how it is. Uh, <laughs> back to basics. Yeah. And that was an excuse. Listen to me. Find out another excuse. And that, that cheeky, cheeky. And, you know, it's just so fun to look back and say, well, yeah, OK, I can do better. And you literally have a new leaf, a new page. You restart every day with grace and, and be very compassionate because we are so compassionate with other people. Why can we not be compassionate towards our own selves? I don't get Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is madness. <laughs> I know, right? But anyway, thank you so much for being with us. You're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so good. So guys, you're going to have to go to Danny Kent's website and um, follow us for more wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> is that how they say it? Is it supposed to be something like that? Follow me for more advice. so please click like and share this episode so everyone can get hold of important information they will help them to lose the weight or become mindful become grateful or change something good in their life so thank you very much everyone take care i see you all later bye bye you have listened to create with france sydney